Today we're exploring a language you can use to write code for mobile platforms that always look nice to Android, iOS, and all the mobile apps. You can have a single code base, and that's pretty rad. We're talking about Flutter here on Tools Day. So let's kick the show off and play. Welcome to Tools Day, a podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks every other Tuesday at 2. I'm your co-host, Yuna. And I'm Chris. And today we have a special guest on the show. We have Will Alarsh here. Say hello. Hello. I'm so excited to have Will on the show. Um, I just started working at Google, as you all know, and Will is one of the first people I met in the New York office, and he's like full of energy and made me very excited about Flutter. So I'm, I'm excited, so excited to about tell you. you about it today. <laughs> I'm so glad that you've joined us, and I'm so glad that I can be here today. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So before we get into it too much, I do want to thank our first sponsor today, which is Sentry.io, and they want to help you fix your code. Relying on customers to report errors, essentially treating them as an offsite QA team, is not good. It's rude to customers and is bad for business. Ideally, this would be solved easily with tests. Why not just cover every scenario with the tests? Then life would be perfect, fine, and great. Because in reality, humans are pretty bad at writing tests. Not just because we're all kind of lazy, but also because we can't anticipate every single way users are going to interact with our product. They might do something really, really bizarre or something really, really smart that we didn't even think about. That's why Sentry tells you about errors in your code before your customers have a chance to even encounter them. Not only do they tell you about those errors, but they also give you all the details that you need to be able to fix them. You'll see exactly how many users have been impacted by a bug, the stack trace, the commit that the error was released as a part of, the engineer who wrote that line of code, and a lot more. So check out Sentry.io, that's S-E-N-T-R-Y.io, and get your code fixed today. Cool. So, Will, um, I am dying to like introduce this audience to Flutter, which is something that I didn't really even know existed until recently, but it seems like a really useful tool. Can you give us a little bit of a, of a background and overview of what Flutter is? Sure, so uh, we say that Flutter is Google's portable UI toolkit. It allows you to write one code base, but deploy to multiple platforms. So you can get a lot more done with the same amount of resources that you have. I come from iOS, where, which is probably the slowest kind of development there is because it's so difficult. And we move so much faster in Flutter, and then we get to deploy onto Android. It's like tripled my productivity if I, when I'm writing an app. It's crazy. So there's been a few apps like this in the past, like tools that you can write once and then it exports mm -hmm. it to Android and iOS and other things. Um, what makes Flutter different? So the tools that currently exist uh, went about a different route. They tried, uh, or sorry, they don't try it, they do, um, take uh, a kind of code that they develop and then transpile it into the widgets and views and components of the operating system that it's running on. So you write maybe in your React native uh, code, and then I see that cat. I totally see that cat. It's adorable. Chris has cats, as you know. Our audience knows just, better. Um, cats. It, it, was, it was like reaching for him. <laughs> it was just an arm. Um, anyway, so like right now, you, you may write in React native or Xamarin or 
um, or something like that. And then the tool uh, goes and turns that into the, the views of the operating system. So like UI views on iOS um, is what you'd be getting if, when you're using one of those. We're different in that we're not transpiling into anything. We actually bring our own canvas with us. We use Skia, which is the um, graphics engine for a lot of things, like some Adobe products, Amazon Kindle, Chrome itself. Um, and we draw everything that's there. So instead of having to rely on the operating system for any views and then like adding this extra layer um, of stuff on top of regular native code, we just kind of go around it and draw everything perfectly. We say we control every pixel, and that's how we're able to get such good frame rates and how we're able to kind of do anything. And you don't, uh, one of the things that differentiates us from other tools is you really don't have to understand um, too much of the operating system you're working on in order to deploy onto it. A lot of people who use those other tools say sometimes that you really need to be an expert still in iOS or Android in order to sew it up and get it uh, deployed. But that's not, um, that's not true with Flutter anymore. You just have to enjoy Flutter. So when you are accessing some of these native elements of mobile devices like camera and other things, is it different for the various device types or is it just the same code and it understands how to uh, adapt so they're usually done by, uh, when we're dealing with something that comes from the operating system directly like that, like the camera, we have platform channels. And those go through the operating system. So the operating system that you're running on knows how to deal with the camera. And then we just kind of hook up some pipes to Flutter that let you access that however it would usually be accessed. And if you wanted to deploy Flutter onto an operating system we didn't have support for, maybe one that, that you created or one that's more obscure, you can write those yourself. You can write your own platform channels. Very cool. You know, uh, as I was, so I, I kind of, this is my first time hearing about Flutter as well. And so I went through the getting started uh, process. I really enjoyed that you all, you all had a lot of um, coming from X um, platform. Um, so for me, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a React developer primarily, but I also, I've also done some other stuff. So it's kind of nice for me to kind of hop between these things. Like, oh, hey, this is how I think about code and how I can transform it into Dart or Flutter. I'm kind of curious, do you, do you guys see, uh, have like a, a general sense of where most Flutter developers are coming from? Are they mostly mobile developers doing Flutter now, or is it kind of like a mixture of uh, we, you know, that's everything? A, it's interesting. We see them coming from everywhere. I mean, okay. obviously, people from the web are attracted to it because it uses um, a reactive um, paradigm, so they may yep. understand it pretty mm -hmm. easily, which is great. And also, reactive coding is just so hot right now. A lot of people <laughs> are learning it. Last episode, uh, check out Svelte also. <laughs> <laughs> reactive, so hot right now. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> so hot right now. Everybody is wearing reactive. Um, and so a lot of web people are excited about the fact that now they can actually make mobile apps that they can deploy mm -hmm. on the iOS and Android store uh, without having such a steep learning curve for them. Yep. And then we're also seeing a lot of Android people getting excited about it because now they're able to deploy onto iOS, which was something that, you know, iOS is very difficult to learn. It has a huge barrier entry um, for um, knowledge at the beginning. And now Android people can kind of get there a lot faster. And we're seeing people coming from desktop engineering, from uh, Linux engineering, 
um, kind of all the things. We actually have experimental support now for Raspberry Pi. So mm. you can actually do wow. creative coding and digital art installations with Flutter. So m maybe people that are coming from something like processing can come over to Flutter now. Um, That's yeah. very cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and of course, uh, we showed in December at our launch some uh, early uh, project that we're working on for Flutter for the web. So eventually, there really won't be anywhere that Flutter won't be able to go, which is cool. And the idea really is that it's still a great developer experience, and you really don't have to understand any code on that platform in order to deploy to it. So I want to touch on that a little bit. Um, I know there's a project called Hummingbird that does allow for Flutter to be written for the web. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and how that works? Yeah, so obviously the web is, I mean, iOS is the hardest to learn, but I think the web is the hardest to do. I've, um, my hat goes off to web developers because the amount of complexity and things that you need to know is crazy. Plus all the different browsers and stuff that you have to support, I, yep. God bless you. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was one of the ones that, that we've been working on internally for a while. Uh, it's. Um, it looks like they've the architecture they're going with is um, we take our uh, we take our widget layer and our layout stuff and try to turn as much as we can of that into uh, regular DOM elements, things that you would understand, mm. span, paragraphs, that sort of thing, buttons, text fields, if we can. And if for some reason what we've asked is not not possible easily with that, then we switch to Canvas and draw it ourselves. Mm. So instead of just drawing Canvas, which would probably really slow it down and then mm -hmm. maybe make it harder to inspect and stuff like that, we, we try to put as much as we can into web elements that you would recognize first. So I'm kind of curious. So there are a couple of uh, similar projects for React Native, React Native DOM, React Native Web. And both of those are kind of doing similar things like, hey, you know, write React Native, and then you can ship to the web, and you'll get all these huge performance things. It's, it's what I keep saying when, or seeing when people say React Native DOM or React Native Web. Um, is that kind of the same concept for Flutter? Like, oh, if you use Flutter for the web, it'll be just as performant as a mobile app? Or is it kind of a... That's our goal. Uh, is it that, the goal? Okay. Yeah, that's totally our goal. Um, it, we, you know, we, we've just shown a preview of it, so it's not available yet to the public. Okay. but. We won't make it available until we know that we have gotten it as good as it needs to be. Because our main client that may be using these things someday is Google, and they have a pretty high bar. So <laughs> they usually expect things to be kind of perfect. Um, and so those are the people that are building this, and they will hold it to that standard, which then everybody gets to benefit from. So for the web, does it compile out into native web elements and a mix of Canvas? Yes. That's what, what it how does. does I'm so curious about that because, <laughs> like, I get that like native button elements would be native to the web, but then you can get more complicated things. Um, when it comes to the interaction part of this, which is a huge thing that Flutter sort of brings to this field, like really nice interaction model, um, is that going to also translate to the web, or is that sort of TBD? Well, I'm certainly, I don't work on exactly on the web project, so I'm not the perfect person to ask about all yeah. the details of it. We do have a really good blog post that we released in December on Medium on our Flutter channel called Hummingbird, Building Flutter for the Web, that uh, has a that is purely technical. It has all um, technical details of um, what we figured was not going to change and ready to release. Um, but I do know, having seen it and played with it, that there are no compromises in what's able to be done. 
So it really does, like, you really can just run the same app on the web. I mean, if your window is really big, it'll probably look really weird if you haven't <laughs> um, adapted your layout for it yet. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it really does just go right now. And they're working very hard on making sure that um, things like keyboard interactions, hover states, using the mouse, that all that stuff is exactly as you'd expect it to be and um, not done in, in too avant-garde a way because we, people need to be able to have a developer experience with it that's still just as good or better than what they're already doing with whatever web framework they're working on. Speaking of developer experience, um, to hop back to Flutter, I, I would say it was actually pretty nice to just get started on it again. Uh, I feel like I've had two great getting started experience the last two weeks. Yes. And so, oh, great. Uh, uh, I was like, oh, this is fine. It, it is one of those things when coming from the web, like, oh, I have to install this gigabyte thing. Uh-huh. That was kind of a bummer. But like, besides from that, I love that it, you, know, you have hot reload in, which is great. Uh, you have a VS Code extension. It's like, oh, wow, this is all my, all my tools are, are still here. Um, so that was really cool. Um, I'm so happy to hear that because actually the funny thing is that our goal in Flutter is not to be a cross-platform toolkit, <laughs> but to be the, de- the best um, front-end developer experience possible. Okay. And it just so happens that because of the technologies we chose, we're able to be cross-platform. So we've been able to use that as a value proposition that's been very helpful yeah. to us. But our goal and what we come back to always is trying to make it a good developer experience. Very cool. I'm kind of curious if you had like your top three favorite things about working with Flutter, what would it be? Uh, top three things of working with Flutter. Um, one would be getting to work reactively and having okay. state-based um, paradigms in my code. Coming from something that was totally object-oriented where everything in the layout tree was a sibling, I didn't realize how much time I was spending trying to maintain instances and deal with them and like actually mimic state. We end up doing it so naturally, even if you're not using a state-based tool, we end up mimicking state because that's the way humans come at these problems. That's the way we think of it. So getting to just skip right to that and do it that way has actually been very freeing. Um, oh, wait, quick question about that, actually. Yeah. So while we're in that, so you know, I was looking through the state management for Flutter, and you guys have you know, a create state and uh, set state very React-ish. I'm kind of curious. We've, in fact, Rich Harris last week, he's like, oh, you know, after React Hooks came out, we had to change a bunch of our developer thoughts around uh, how state management works. Did you guys have a similar reaction to React Hooks, or was it kind of a, you're pretty happy with the way it you is know, right now in Flutter? I, I'm not positive because um, we've, the the state management has been um, the same ever since I began working on Flutter, but that was just a year and a half ago. So what the okay. team did before then is probably a very interesting story because all the people there come from like the Chrome team and web standards. Mm. Um, these are people with like decades of experience working yeah. in like the tools that people are still using today and thinking yeah. about what can we do to make something new the next best thing without having to support all the cruft of the past. So right. outside of the React world, Chris. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just kind of curious. Like, well, I feel like like Hooks brought a, a different mental model to how yeah. people think about states. So, and I saw like a, you know uh, a lot of frameworks were like, oh hey, now that Hooks are out, we have to do something similar for our own frameworks. So I was kind of curious if Flutter had the same reaction or were pretty happy where, where they were at. Um, that, yeah, that's a really good question. Maybe I should yeah. um, introduce you to one of the people who has history of Flutter that can come tell you more about it someday. Okay, they're all, all really right. cool. I think that's number two <laughs> on my list of things that, that yeah. I like working with Flutter. All of the new people that I've gotten to meet. Um, Very cool. Material design is already great because it's 
the most impactful design system in the world. A, a huge number of people use it, but um, getting to expand that to this community um, as well that's so excited about what we do. The Flutter community is the nicest community. I come from <laughs> iOS. Everyone I've met has been really sweet so far. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's really good. You know, we throw a lot of meetups in, in New York um, out of our office for Flutter. And every time it gets bigger and every time people thank us and don't complain. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Like that's we all could, we could all complain all day long. Yeah. Lord knows yeah. I could, I could. But um, instead, people are always like, what can we do to make things better? What kind of feedback do you want? Or can I show you this thing that I'm working on? That's my favorite thing. Yeah. I love yeah. seeing what people are working on. And then my third favorite thing about Flutter is their total commitment to material design as the main UI toolkit. It's the basis of UI in Flutter. And then we also have other toolkits like Cupertino, which is our iOS widgets toolkit that plays very well with material. So we really don't want people to have to create separate apps in this one code base, which would be a waste of you know the, the value that Flutter brings you. Um, so they were like material all the way and we'll make it as powerful as it possibly needs to be in order to grow. That's something that I really like about this. It takes all that design research from material and it implements it in a really sort of quick to get started with way. Um, and mm -hmm. I see like accessibility and internationalization and interaction. All those things are sort of in the top level when you're going in to start developing um, with Flutter. Yeah, you know, the Flutter team, I've said this before, but the, they were so prescient in the plan that they made in supporting so many things all at once to get going, mm. including like f fully committing to material instead of just like, we'll do a little bit and as people ask for more, we'll do more. But then they also um, invested early into developer relations, into a tools team, into user research. So they do research on developers using Flutter. They watch people code and then say like, what can we do to make it easier for them? I saw that they struggled finding such and such, maybe we can make the documentation better. And I don't know anybody. So people are like sitting behind developers watching them code yes. as their job to yes. make their lives better. It's it's definitely like that kind of stereotype from the 80s or 90s movie with the um, <laughs> one way or two way mirror, whatever you call it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. honestly, I think developer experiences are often ignored by people who make tools until it's kind of too late. So being able to think about that from the from very early on I think makes a big difference in the quality of your tool and whether or not people are going to use it. And it's paying off for us because this year in, I think it was the Stack Overflow survey, we were the number three most beloved framework already. Ooh, wow. Last year we weren't even on that list. it just came out too. <laughs> yes. It's like brand new. Yes, so that what an honor that, that people um, are happy with it the way we want them to be. I want to get into some of your favorite platform features and also how to get started. But before we get into that, I do want to get a quick sponsor break for our second sponsor, Linode. And Linode is also offering our listeners a free $20 worth of infrastructure credit with promo code TOOLSDATE2019. Instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in seconds in the Linode cloud with your choice of Linux distros, resources, and node locations. Plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month with high memory plans starting at 16 gigabytes. All have an option for hourly billing with a cap and include a seven-day money-back guarantee. There are 10 data centers worldwide, and you can get a server running in under a minute. You can build virtual machines, run Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, or whatever else you would need. And if something goes wrong, rest assured with 24-7 friendly support and phone support being an option as well. They have a Python CLI, RESTful API, and have a manager tool so you can manage everything you need to all in one place. 
They're also hiring, so check out their careers page. Remember, you get a $20 credit when you use promo code TOOLSDAY2019, T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y-2019 at linode.com. So remember, visit linode.com slash toolsday and get $20 worth of credit for your next project. All right. I want to talk about favorite platform features, like of all the things that Flutter provides. What do you think is the coolest? Um, I think actually the animation framework is kind of like the sleeper hit that we have that people discover um, when they need to use it and then are kind of blown away because it's so powerful. Um, again, coming from iOS, I, I was accustomed to to some constraints and some walls and just getting as far as I could and wanting to do certain animations. Flutter is breaks down those walls. The amount of the kind of lerping that you can do between paths so that things really animate the way you want them to, you can totally specify without having to set up a bunch of like maybe keyframe animations as your only option for doing a path animation. It's incredibly powerful and it can work on things that are both as large as a transition or as tiny as an animated icon. Um, so I think, yeah, the animation framework wins for me. Cool. I'm kind of clicking through it right now. I, I you know, um, animation is one of those things that's always been super hard for me, and so I always appreciate when it's a first-class citizen of a framework. And um, it's so important for user experience. It's maybe the most vitally important thing on mobile when you're trying to interact in a digital space mm -hmm. and try to make that, like, compared to a physical space and you know animation helps a lot with that. Yeah, I gave a talk um, a few years ago on how to make your app feel more luxurious and almost mm. everything that I was putting into it had to deal with tiny animations. Yeah. Um, things like I like that luxurious. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a great I was word like, right there. how do you make this feel more expensive? Um, because apps are expensive. The user should know that. And and so like uh, crossfades between states of a button or something like that don't necessarily come out of the box in um, in every framework. They do in material because yeah. we have um, the, the ink ripple that you always see, so, which our research has shown is really great for users because then they know exactly what they've touched and th that what they've touched is activated. But um, even just something as simple as that that might have to be added can make a big difference into um, how users feel about it and how often they use the features you want them to use too. Yeah. There's this page called itsallwidgets.com and oh, it's that all of these great. like yes. samples and you can just watch the GIFs move if you're on your desktop and it's cool because you can get some really good in ideas about how these things can interact. Yeah, that's um, actually maintained by, uh, I'd say, a very good friend of ours, a wonderful partner. Um, and it's it's really the best place to go to, to find out about packages and shared code um, that are visual for Flutter, yeah. I think it's so, so I was um, kind of going through a bunch of posts that people were talking about Flutter about before this show, and it's, it's so interesting to me, like, everyone was so positive about it, the only thing was like, oh, it's brand new, so there aren't as many packages, but you guys already have this great site here, so it's, it's like... Hey, early uh, adopters, get on that. <laughs> I was just like, oh, you know, if, if that's the only complaint people are having about Flutter, that's a really good... Uh, <laughs> actually, I was mistaken. This that that site is actually um, the site that's um, it's a showcase for the best apps that are being written in Flutter. Uh, okay. But of course, a lot of them do use the same packages mm. that people would yeah. use, and we have a package manager built into uh, the language, built into Dart, called Dart Pub. And so, let's see what the website is for that. It's in Dart Lang's or oh, it's yeah. pub.dartlang.org. Yeah. And oh yes, yeah. Yeah. 
almost anything you need exists now, which is great. And of course, yeah. all this being open source encourages people to make whatever they're doing open source too. And everybody knows that the quality of things goes up when the community works on it together. Yeah. I really uh, like this um, Flutter Playground repo too, because it shows all of these different components individually um, with visuals and also how they can work together. And that's a really important thing when you're starting to build something. Now, question for you. Uh, are there any gotchas you've seen people run into when they get, first get started with Flutter? Like anything that people shouldn't be aware of as they're ramping up? Um, uh, if you're going to deploy onto uh, iOS simulator or Android emulator, start downloading Xcode or Android Studio the day before. <laughs> you basically have forced to as soon as you get a Mac. Because uh, we've definitely seen people like when we're teaching a workshop or something who are kind of stuck there for the first half an hour or so just downloading the <laughs> software and installing it. And that's not our software, that's you know the software for the um, platforms you want to deploy on. Um, yeah. Obviously if you already have them, you're good to go. Yeah. Um, but that's really the only gotcha. I mean, a lot of people might be intimidated about learning Dart, but we actually um, did a research uh, session once where we asked a developer who had never used Dart or Flutter what they thought of Dart, what they thought of the language. And they actually said, I didn't realize I was using a language I didn't know. Because mm -hmm. Dart is so, it's based on, uh, it's based on things like Java, JavaScript. Um, all the, a lot of the languages share a lot of syntax and they're trying to not be too clever, not be too avant-garde, but actually be expected and intuitive. So I bet that most people can sit down and begin writing Dart without having to read anything about Dart. Perfect. I've heard good things about it. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to get started with Flutter, um, where should they go? They should go to flutter.dev. That's um, the website by Google for all things Flutter. And in there, we have a samples and tutorials um, section in the left nav. The code labs are what I recommend because they're interactive tutorials that you can go through. We've got write your first Flutter app um, using Firebase with Flutter. And then a course that I made with my team on using the material library in Flutter. Um, and it shows you how to go from the very basics all the way through what we call advanced components and material theming. And when people do that, we see that they end up doing well when they go to build their first app. We all know that I love styling, so <laughs> that would be a wreck. I love styling um, too. You probably yeah. can. I don't know if you can see me. <laughs> I learned that very quickly. <laughs> um, okay, so Will, where can people find you on the web or more information about Flutter, the project, the team? You can follow Flutter on Twitter. Uh, I think it's at FlutterDev. And I am not on social media, uh, but you can follow me on GitHub if you like or add me on LinkedIn, go ahead. I believe that LinkedIn is not about who you know, <laughs> but who you're going to need when you need a job. So make your network as large as you can. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll have uh, the link to all of those pages and we'll GitHub in our show notes. Um, again, thank you so much for being on our show today. Really appreciated this. It's, it's really an honor. I mean, thank you for having such a great show and for considering Flutter to be on it. Of course. Um, also, thank you to our listeners today. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you learned something. If you did, please share it with your friends, your coworkers, your work wife, your work husband, your boss, <laughs> your daughter, whoever you think is interested in coding. This show is for them. This and we also love your feedback, too. It's actually kind of funny, but my husband <laughs> is also a mobile engineer. So oh, he, he's like awesome. a work husband 
home husband. <laughs> home husband, yeah. That's, that's like so a power couple him. right there. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to Linode and Sentry.io. Uh, remember, you can use code TOOLSDAY2019 for $20 worth of infrastructure credit at linode.com slash toolsday and go to Sentry.io to get your code fixed today. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.